Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. Greetings, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of Redefining Reality. This one was a pleasure to record. I get to sit down with my friend, Andrew Hanoon. Andrew Hanoon. He is a soon-to-be naturopathic doctor. He's in his last year of med school at the Canadian College for Naturopathic Medicine. He is also a nutritionist, a personal trainer, a natural fitness model, and all-around badass optimal health entrepreneur. We talked about a bunch of stuff. We talked about his project, uh, the Alphapreneur project that he's got going with a friend of his, and which is a digital magazine, I should mention. We have dove into many of our favorite herbs, many of our favorite supplements, nootropic stacks, brain-enhancing nutrients. Dove into a bunch of free hacks, lifestyle Based things like hugging, the power of a true, real, deeply embracing hug. We talked about just his journey into becoming the man he is today and how he ended up where he's at, you know, because there's not a whole lot of people out there that are doing what he's doing and plugged into all the different worlds that he's plugged into. So it was a fantastic, fantastic talk. He came over on an early Saturday morning. I whipped this up some lion's mane elixir with some cacao butter, and we sipped on that. And uh, I think it came through in some of the clarity of thought, perhaps. Or maybe I just want to convince myself of such. But it was a great time. It was a great time. Lots and lots of valuable information, all of which you can find in the show notes at brianhardy.ca under the podcast tab. And uh, yeah, if you want to connect with Andrew, you'll hear at the end, he's doing some events actually in the Toronto area. So he's doing bi-weekly or weekly talks up at the Naturopathic College to share all this and to make a community and to provide the space to connect in real person, you know, to shake hands, to give hugs and to build those bonds. So if that calls to you, please check it out. And in the meantime, enjoy this episode with Mr. Andrew Hanoon. I guess I'm curious. I'd love to start at where your journey into all this began. I mean, now you're in fourth year mm-hmm. at the Naturopathic College, doing clinical work, right? Essentially working as a as an MD, mm-hmm. right? And so, where did that begin for you? Did you always have your eye on naturopathic medicine, or did you figure it out along the way? Did you have a, your own sort of healing crisis, awakening of sorts? I'd love to hear that story. Yeah, great question. So I think the answer to that is all of the above. I had my healing crisis. And just just as a, a company is kind of a vessel for you to, to um, give back a certain mission, that's what naturopathic medicine was for me. So at a very young age, when I was three or four, I told my parents I wanted to be a doctor. And then I told them I wanted to be a vet. So I knew I wanted to help. I just didn't know how. Um... 
And I carried that with me through my journey in life. And uh, I was a pretty overweight kid. I live with my nun, um, Italian, half Italian background. So she took care of me. Mm. Um, and they just love to feed. That's like, that's their their purpose in life is to make sure their grandchildren are well-fed. Mm. So I, you know, a lot of carb-heavy meals. Um, so I was overweight as a kid because of that. I didn't care. I got to eat my daily dose of potatoes and uh, spaghetti and stuff like that. And then growing up, um, I actually got kind of made fun of a lot because of my weight. Mm. So something happened when I was around the age of 13 where I kind of just let go of my health a little bit. Mm. You know, and um, I had a little bit of a, like, I just totally didn't think about it. And then I lost a lot of weight very quickly. And I realized how unhealthy that was. Mm. And then at that point, I had something pulling me to become healthier. I had no idea what it was, but at such a young age, I know, I know mm, mentors or anything like that. My mm -hmm. parents were always very healthy, but yeah, something was pulling me to become healthier. And, and at that point, I think that's when the shift that combined spirituality and helping people came with health. And ever since that day, I used health to increase my performance in sports. I used it to increase my cognitive capabilities. And then I would start sharing that passion with others um, in high school, mm. right? Pe people would come over to my house, feed them delicious salads and sweet potato fries and mm. all these great healthy things. And I got to introduce my friends into the world, which was fantastic. Mm. Um, and then, you know, uh, with that in mind, with the you know, service of helping people at my forefront, my core value, and then health um, now being the way I want to serve people, what naturally came to mind in society is medical school, right? The golden, golden arches of medicine, medical school. So that's what I wanted to be. Um, and so I went to University of McMaster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was McMaster, too. No way. I wonder if we were there at the same time. When year did you graduate? I, well, I didn't graduate. I left. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I was there from 2009, September, until 2012, uh, like spring. Okay. So that's the same same day, same year I, I actually went into McMaster, 2009. Mm. What program were you in? I was in the Bachelor of Technology program. Right on. And I lived in Hedden. Did you live? No, you didn't live in Hedden. No, I didn't, but okay. I stayed with a friend. I was in Res, but I lived with a friend in Res for a little bit in Hedden. Really? Yeah. I swear, we must have crossed paths. Must have. Were you, uh, what, when you what walk floor? into Hedden? I was on the south end, so you'd go into Hedden, left, mm. and I was the second floor, last room on the left. On the second floor? Second floor. So I was in the south part as well, but on the first floor. Well, I was my friend. Yeah, was, your friend was, was where I stayed. Okay. Yeah. We must have walked past each other. We must know the same people and stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So don't, don't let me distract too much. So McMaster, you go to McMaster. Yeah. I went for life sciences. Um, and then I uh, found a love for psychology and neuroscience. So mm. that was just a passion that popped up along mm. the way. So I saw what that was about, pursued that, and ended up graduating in psychology and neuroscience. And then I did a thesis in kinesiology. So, which actually got published in an international journal. Nice. Yeah. It nice. was, what was it, the topic? It was on willpower and how it's a global resource and does 
training yourself physically past the point of comfortability translate into more willpower in other tasks. Wow. Okay. So if you can push yourself really beyond your limit in the gym, will you do the same in life? Mm, exactly. And okay. it turns out it was a life-changing or uh, experiment because it got published in an international magazine. So people wanted to know if that's the case. And it's true. What Arnold Schwarzenegger was saying, the most important muscle in the gym is your mind. Mm. Right? And so that's just one avenue of increasing your performance in life mentally is working out past the point of comfortability. Mm. So what it showed was that, you know, it's a global resource, basically willpower, and that if you train it with your mind, you can experience it more benefit in the gym. If you train it in the gym, you can experience it more benefit in any other way in your life. Mm. Basically discipline, mm -hmm. doing what you know you should do when you know you should do it. And pushing yourself beyond what you think you can do, mm -hmm. right? Recognizing that you can do way more than you would otherwise believe. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I like to, you know, I, I, it's important, but I think it's willpower is too much, is too valued in our society. And I think a little bit, because it's so mental, it's so cognitive. I think we have to approach it from a spiritual place too. Mm. It has to feel right. If we're fighting ourselves and not necessarily fighting the battles we need to fight to win, in our occupation or in our mm. journey. But if we're fighting against ourselves, it's a losing battle. Mm. So I think most importantly is to be spiritually aligned with your purpose, know what that is. And that's just gonna help you a ton because you're not fighting against yourself anymore. Now your your battles become external and those are a lot easier to fight than the ones that are internal. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, oftentimes in my experience it's been that the world is very supportive in many ways and mm -hmm. that the barriers outside of myself are easily, you know, easily overcome re relatively. But if my own brain gets fixated on a thought mm -hmm. or if I'm telling myself every day that I'm not good enough or not, you know, deserving or whatever the limiting belief, whatever the limiting self-talk is, mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that shit's the hard stuff. Yes. Right? That's the tricky stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, so... Neuroscience, willpower, published paper, and then from there is straight to naturopathic college? No, sir. So member of medical school, right? I wanted medical to go school. to medical yes, school. Yes, yes, medical school. Um, so I graduated from McMaster. The day after, I panicked. I'm like, oh, shit, school's done. Now I actually have to call my mission and see what's up next. Mm. So I started uh, a fitness company called Primal Way. Mm. Basically, it was just a company that was an extension of my core values. Okay. And that's basically, it was basically paleo. Paleo wasn't big at that time, mm. but it was, but it was basically a paleo lifestyle mentality. Mm. Um, so I started that company up, but I still knew, and it was based on personal training and nutrition. I had a fairly good understanding of the principles at that point, because I was training since I was 13 years old in terms of gym and having mentors and personal trainers and stuff like that. Um, and then I had my certification as well. And then I was studying nutrition for a long time, not academically, but for my own interest. Mm -hmm. uh, I just knew that there was, there was another way I wanted to approach this. And so I knew medical school might not be the answer. So I went to my mentor at the time. He was a functional medicine doctor. And my dad described him as a guy who likes nutrition. My dad didn't understand so he made the introduction between me and him. I had no idea he was a functional medicine doctor. Mm. But I approached him at his office and I went up to him and I'm like, listen, um, what do I do next? I'm lost, right? School's finished. I don't know if I want to go to medical school. Just not feeling right. Mm -hmm. So he's like, 
yeah, it's not right for you, Andrew. He's like, why don't you check out chiropractory or osteopathy and then specialize in functional medicine? Hmm. So I went home with that information. I'm like, okay, let me just put this into my computer and see what happens. Typed in chiropractory, typed in osteopathy. And when I typed in osteopathy, something interesting happened. A naturopathic doctor's website popped up. And hmm. there was no mention of osteopathy anywhere on his website because I actually controlled funded every single one of his pages to look for it. But it was naturopathic medicine. Hmm. So that was actually how I found out about naturopathic medicine. And then through that, I found out through the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine. Hmm. I went there. It The building reminded me of Hogwarts for some reason. No idea why. But I went in, did a tour, and I fell in love with it. Hmm. And it, it was... People ask me, why did you decide to become a naturopathic doctor or physician? And I'm like, it wasn't a logical choice. It was it was a feeling that I had. Mm. Just a knowing, yeah. like you were in the right spot. Exactly. Yeah, and then that took me to my fourth year I am now and is an intern treating patients um, alongside with taking a functional medicine certification to combine that with my naturopathic medicine degree. Mm. Yeah, and so... So you got all the tools, all the good tools that are coming in. Oh, I'm working on it, but yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, and so, I mean, that guy that you talked to, I'm assuming this was at least four years ago. Mm -hmm. He was already, I mean, functional medicine only came up on my radar maybe two years ago. I mean, and even still, it's pretty fringe, right? Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people are knowing about it, but every, you know, every day, really, it's expanding and expanding and people are you know, fed up with the standard of care from traditional approaches, right? Yeah, exactly. But so this guy, was he somewhat of like a trailblazer around here? Because there's not a whole lot of functional medicine people yeah. that I'm aware of. He, he'd been practicing functional medicine for probably 10 years. Okay. Yeah, he's one of the uh, nature, he's like the ancient guys. Okay, what's his name? His name is Dr. Nandor Bajuz. Dr. Nandor, this is uh, calling out for you. Um, he's out in Mississauga. Okay. We actually used to work out at the same gym, okay. which is how I met him. Oh. I'll have to get the spelling from you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Dr. Nandor. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so he was, yeah, functional medicine, and he was so passionate about it mm. that when I went into his office and he was just talking about it, I'm like, I knew everything was going to be okay as long as I did what he was talking about, mm. as long as I knew the information that he knew. I knew that my journey would be what it needs to be. Mm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I love how already I'm just seeing all these threads, right, of where you're, you're trusting your feeling sense instead of the intellectual side of things mm -hmm. and looking to mentors, right? All these things that uh, for many of us are completely, you know, outside of our experience, right? We think we have to figure it all out in our head. You know, we're taught to use our head for everything. Mm -hmm. Um taught not to feel right just do it do what you're supposed to do yeah deal with it um so i love that i like i'm getting this very like you know you were guided you've been guided which mm -hmm. i think we all are if we're open to it yeah right and that's really the key right right yeah to listen to that internal voice mm. society doesn't make space for that we have to make space for that for ourselves mm -hmm. and i think that's what the difference might be between people who do and who don't follow that internal guide Mm, they just don't have the space. They don't make the space. They don't yeah. make the space. Yeah. You know, we're, we're so conditioned from a young age to, to do what we're told. You know, in school, I was diagnosed with ADHD as a very young kid. They wanted mm. to put me on drugs. My mom, thank God for her, 
told him this this kid is never going on drugs. Mm. But imagine if I was, and then you know that those drugs and those pharmaceuticals they tone down that internal voice, you know, Ritalin and antidepressants and all that stuff. They kind of dim down the volume on your internal spirituality. Mm. So it's harder, you know, people, parents, teachers, principals, all telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. And then that doesn't make space for what you think is right in the world. And those where the game changers are, people who didn't listen, mm-hmm. people who listened to themselves and changed the game. I mean, Gandhi had no resources. As, in terms of what we see today, he had no money, he had no power. He didn't have a podcast. He didn't have anything. All he had was a belief and faith. Mm. And that he allowed that cha- to channel him, channel through him so strongly that he was able to reach 200 million people without anything. Mm. Right? Now, that is the power of our internal voice when we make space for it. And he had this opportunity to do so because he was uh, in confinement for a little bit. Mm. Yeah. When you put it in perspective like that, it's... Uh... It's wild. It's wild just to know how how things used to be and how information used to travel, mm-hmm. right? Person to person, maybe written down somewhere, but mostly just oral, right? Yeah. People would gather and speak and share and talk, go to town to town to town, do, you know, like a speaker, um, traveling traveling speaker, essentially. Yeah, but, on the uh, road. But yeah, it just goes to show, it's like, if he could do that, and I'm certain it was not easy to do that, right? To to come up against the British Empire, right? Mm-hmm. And and do so in a nonviolent way. Mm-hmm. Um, but to yeah, to be, to, I guess it's like to allow yourself to be possessed by something greater, by something nobler, or you know something of a higher plane of some sort mm-hmm. that wants to come down to the earth. It wants to land and have space on the earth. But we got to be, you know, we're the vehicles. Right? Yeah. Check this out. This is a really cool perspective that I, I learned recently. The reason we're so that we're so stressed out in our society is because we're trying to do too much with our cognitive, with our with our conscious mind. Our conscious mind is not what we give it credit for. It's not meant to think. Mm-hmm. It's meant to to as a filter to our unconscious mind. It's meant to say, okay, this is something I'm allowing into my unconscious and this is something I'm not. Mm. But it's the unconscious mind that's the reservoir. That's where the intuition comes from because the unconscious is not only tapped into our past experiences, our, all our knowledge we've attained for the whole our whole lifetime, but, and you know, Napoleon Hill, one of the best-selling books in the world, Think and Grow Rich, talks about this. That's all he talks about mm. in his book is the, the unconscious and how it's tapped in into a global consciousness where we have access to everybody's experiences and everybody's um, uh, ideas and everybody's powers. You know, we can have whatever we want at any moment in time if we choose to focus on that. Mm. So we're trying to use our conscious mind in the wrong places at the wrong times, right? Let's let our unconscious guide us a little more. And that's what the intuition comes into play. Mm. You know, when... I had a patient in front of me yesterday, came in, he was convinced he had this neurological disorder, right? And by the way, as a side, I'm sorry on this tangent, but the most, okay. the most dangerous word in our society is my. If you look on TV and you see the ads, my arthritis, mm. my cancer, my this, my that, that's so dangerous because you're, you're 
putting a label on yourself that can't be, that doesn't need to be there. Mm. And all of a sudden you're communicating to your body 24 seven that you have this disorder. And we know that our body manifests our thoughts. If you don't believe me, um, for the listeners, you can listen to Bruce Lipton's book. Mm, um, the Biology of the, Belief. Exactly. The Biology of Belief. And that's very re- well-researched book um, that taps into very, very ancient knowledge. Um, so, yeah. So, just wanted to say that. So, if you ever, you know, go up to someone and you start talking about how you're feeling and you say, my, 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 catch yourself. And just be like, I am not this disorder. This is just a symptom that I'm experiencing because of the lifestyle I'm subjecting myself to. Mm-hmm. Just to go back on track, I was seeing this patient. He was like, I have this. This is my condition. This is this. And my intuition was telling me that that wasn't the case. You know, I just met him five minutes earlier. First visit. My intuition was saying, no, that's not what you have. And I'm like, are you a vegetarian? And he's like, yes. I'm like, is it possible you have a B12 deficiency? Mm. it's possible i'm not saying it is i'm just saying it's possible that you have this these nutritional deficiencies um and we have to address that before we can go any further mm-hmm. otherwise we'll never know but it, if i was to go on that logical train of thought and start analyzing what he's saying and going down that path you know it, it's it would have been a different outcome mm. but the fact that you listen to your intuition you know it will help you not only with patients but it will also help you with other people in, in their circumstances, because, you know, going on in life and helping other people is what we're all meant here to do. We just use health as a way to facilitate that better, mm-hmm. right? Health is not the end goal. Helping other people is, mm. but health will help us get it there faster. Yeah. Right. Well, it's just, I mean, we need it, right? It's, it's what people need these days because we've been cut off from health giving and preserving life ways, mm-hmm. right? That our ancestors might've been tapped into or their ancestors might have been tapped into, um, but we've just yeah sort of lost uh, lost the path, mm-hmm. lost connection with with the mother, with Mother Earth, and the result is yeah a lot of sickness, a lot of chronic disease, a lot of mental illness. But I love that I love that piece. I want to just drive home the the my piece, right, and the language piece, mm-hmm. and how um, you know we're speaking our lives into creation. Every every word we say, everything we're either affirming. Well, with each word, we're affirming something, right? And so rather than own something like a disease or a condition, right? Rather than own that and really like infuse it into your body every time you say it. Yeah, just be a little bit more flexible, you know? Make the little language upgrades. That's what I like to call them, like language mm, upgrades, you know? Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, because as we know, you know, what you think about, what you speak about becomes what you do, becomes your life, right? Mm-hmm. So that's they see, and I love this. I love that there's doctors, physicians like yourself that are out there doing this because it's like that's that's the revolution. That's the wellness revolution that I see. Really, it's already I think taken place in higher realms. It's just the physical is catching up. Mm-hmm. That's at least the way I perceive it. Um, and so you're another example of that. You know, they're just it's like yep, it's happening. Yeah, it's happening. Exactly. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want to help you drive home that point too. And it's the fact that if I could choose between helping somebody with their mental state and their physical state, and I, I had to make that decision right away, mm-hmm. I would always choose the mental state first. And the reason why is because everything is information. Even the food we eat is information for our bodies, right? We eat, you know, we eat the food, it breaks down into molecules, that molecules end up... Um, 
on the cell membranes and it ends up in cell signaling communication. Mm. How often do we eat food? Three, four times a day? How often do we think? Thousands of times a day. Exactly. We, the average person has between 80 and 100,000 thoughts a day. 80% of those are negative. Mm. So if we're subjecting ourselves three times a day to you know, negative communication, still bad through nutrition, mm-hmm. or if we're subjecting ourselves 24-7 to negative communication, which one's going to have more harm? Mm. Even if we eat the healthiest lives, our healthiest foods, we exercise, we do everything properly, but our mind is not right. It won't matter how how well we nourish our bodies. It won't matter. Our bodies will not be able to, to use it because there's conflicting messages going on. And the one that's going to win is the one that's more frequent and more amplitude, mm. right? And that's going to be the negative thought processing. Mm-hmm. So you're 100% right. I think all doctors around the globe should be trained in life coaching. Mm. They should be trained how to change perspectives for clients and patients. There's a lot of ways that are fantastic out there. I mean, Anthony Robbins made his his fortunes and his his impact through neuro linguistic programming. Um, but there's there's so many different ways uh, of doing so. That just happens to be one of the most powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and there's also motivational interviewing if you're interested in that. So there's a lot of great books on motivational interviewing. Mm. John Grinder and Richard Bandler are the founders of neurolinguistic programming. So if the listeners are interested in that, there's a great book called Frogs into Princes. Mm. written by both co-founders um there's a lot of great courses out there in those and even for i think everybody should be trained in that because it allows you to take control over your subconscious Mm. and really direct you in the in the way you want to go and stop fighting yourself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah as as that point goes i just want to drive that home as well is that mental first physical you know following yeah yeah and i'm one of my favorite books that I've been going through and revisiting and revisiting, um, which is from a similar era um, as like the Napoleon Hill thing and Grow Rich, right? Mm-hmm. Like those guys were just tapped into something mm-hmm. in like the 20s, 30s, early 1900s, right? And so there's so many awesome books. And so uh, As a Man Thinketh by James Allen mm-hmm. is, I mean, I love that book. I absolutely love that book. And it's just so clear and so poignant and it's uh, driving home the point that don't worry about what's outside of you. Don't worry about any of that stuff because it's all a reflection of your internal state and nothing comes into this world without being thought of, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I love I love that this is, is taking hold, right? And we're really understanding how powerful our minds are, how powerful we are as creators and doing so from a conscious perspective, uh, um, you know, an altruistic and wanting to help people perspective that, uh, yeah, life is getting more and more magical and just people are being empowered. And that's what it really is. That's what, unfortunately, it seems almost impossible to reform the old models to to have that um, shift from, you know, giving away the patient, giving away all of their responsibility to the doctor who is in many ways beholden to the pharmaceutical companies um, to shift that to a empowerment model. I know it's being done. I know our friend Sachin Patel and the Living Proof Institute, mm-hmm. that's their big mission right now, yes, right? Yes, sir. Um, so it's being done. It's being done. And so it's like join the join the train or become obsolete, essentially. Mm-hmm. So Exactly. And that's what I love about functional medicine. Mm. It's, just, it's, a gate, it's a gateway for people who've been taught 
otherwise through conventional medical school mm. to to believe one way and it's a lot it's a it's a gateway and it's a highway for them to transition into the new era mm. of medicine which is the the patients are the doctors of the future the Sachin Patel's quote right mm-hmm. but they are then they're, they're not taking crap anymore they're mm-hmm. starting to realize that they are they can't do what they've been doing mm. and i love that it's a new era of consciousness among patients and i see them when they come into my clinic they have, they know more than the average doctor about mm-hmm. their condition mm-hmm. it's great because they want answers but they want the right answers and they're going to demand for it you know often when we get sick we put the authority of our health in other people's hands because we start to doubt ourselves but that should never be the case mm. intuitively our body grew from two cells into the trillion that it is today. Mm. It knows what to do to stay healthy. It's doing so on a daily basis. All we need to do is find out what's in its way from achieving optimal health and what we can do to support it. Those are the only two things that help, it comes down to health. Mm. What's blocking you from being healthy and how can we support it? And, you know, patients are starting to realize that. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to see. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Patel and Living Proof Institute and Tibby and Ricky Bra are doing amazing things out there mm-hmm. to uh, to help facilitate that message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting, exciting times, exciting times we're living in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a few other things we were talking a bit before we got on here about uh, various supplement stacks and things that mm-hmm. we uh, were playing with. Uh, you saw my what was my Tonkat Ali mm-hmm. in the cupboard. Which is for those listening, Tonkat Ali is a herbal uh, hormonal support, particularly for men, particularly for testosterone, as far as I understand. And it seems to work. I was saying how you know the only uh, thing I really noticed um, was that the little bit of facial hair that I can <laughs> that I can grow grew faster. So I thought that's that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Um, and then you had mentioned something you were playing with. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you want to jump yeah. into a few of those compounds. And those are pretty, I mean, for the average person who hasn't experienced, you know, some cool, high-quality targeted supplementation, they don't oftentimes recognize how much of a, not a silver bullet by any means, because you got to have the foundation, right? you got to be sleeping. you got to get your water. you got to get your physical movement. Your mind's got to be right. But when those are in place, you add in these nice, little ingredients and it just like smooths things out right mm-hmm. or or upregulates certain things or helps you focus so i love if we could sort of riff on that a little bit favorite stacks things that you've tried that have been really helpful cool i'd love to this is actually a really cool topic i've been like the tim ferris of my life since i was very young experimenting with many different things nice as probably yourself as well with the, the different supplements and different health foods um yeah well like you said, first, I want to put for first and foremost, you can't out supplement a bad lifestyle. You can't. And you said that with the foundations. Mm. So before you take any kind of stack, give someone a hug for 20 seconds mm-hmm. and realize the amount of power that gives you after doing that. Because that releases more oxytocin and more uh, beneficial hormones than any supplement or drug on the planet can ever dream of doing. Mm. So give someone a 20 second hug every day. That's the most powerful change I've ever made to my life. Uh, the next thing is make sure you're breathing properly. You're getting enough oxygen into your brain. Because even that, I mean, when we oxidize ourselves enough, then the average person feels 10 times better 
imagine how much better they feel after they do a little bit of a meditation and yoga. Mm. It's because they, they're breathing more. They're opening up. They're breathing more. And they're relaxing, allowing their parasympathetic state to take over. Mm. So those two in itself are extremely powerful. Now I'll kind of go into a little bit more about the stacks. The stack that I'm currently taking um, is a mixture of three things. It's alpha-GPC. It's L-tyrosine. And it's acetyl L-carnitine. Now, when I started the stack, I was actually also keto. And I kind of am keto still today. Now, I don't do the urine stick analysis. I just feel it. I feel when I'm in keto. If I don't get hangry and I'm not eating carbs, I know I'm in keto. Mm -hmm. A lot of people would disagree with that. But again, I'm going with intuition here. Um, so the reason I started the acetyl L-carnitine in the first place was because it helps with mitochondrial function. And with, with going keto, you really want to help support that because your mitochondria are doing a lot more work now through the Krebs chain, mm. um, Krebs cycle to sustain your energy just through fats alone. So I started taking that and just that alone, the acetyl L-carnitine, I was taking a gram a day, mm. phenomenal benefits mm. cognitively and physically, so much more energy. Um, and then I, I went to the health a health fair show where we, we were there together, we met. Mm -hmm. And we went to um, a company, uh, ATP, and I saw one of their products and it was the IGF-2. So I'm like, this is a cool product. And I like the ingredients and, you know, I've had some, heard some great things from other functional medicine doctors about it. Um, and so I'm like, I can't, I don't really want to pay this price. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to powdercity.com mm -hmm. and I'm going to order the ingredients bulk and see what happens. So I, every morning I prepare it myself. I put one gram of L-tyrosine, one gram of acetyl-carnitine, and I put um, 600, 900 milligrams of alpha-GPC. Now with the with powdercity.com, alpha-GPC, it's 50% silicon dioxide, 50% alpha-GPC, because they have to stabilize it. Mm. And that's one of the things they use. Um, so I put 600 milligrams of alpha-GPC, so that would be around 1,200 milligrams in total. Mm -hmm. um, and I drink that with my morning coffee and uh, coconut oil. You put yeah. it actually in there? Like it doesn't mess up the taste? Oh, no, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably, they're probably bitter, right? Yeah. Bitter powders. Actually, some, one of the powders tastes kind of good. Mm. And it actually doesn't taste bad at all. I gave it to my dad one time because he's like, he's the barometer, uh, the litmus test of whether something's bearable or not. Mm. Kind of for general we tested by reliability mm. and he kind of liked it. So I was surprised. So yeah, it doesn't taste bad. I just, I do it after my coffee just okay. so I can, I love the taste of coffee. Mm. Um, and ever since I've been doing that, my cognitive function was just through the roof. Still is to today. I've been doing it for a month. Okay. And it's one of those things where it's not like you become adapted to it because it, they're nutrition, the nutrients, they're cofactors. Mm. They're things that your body needs to produce and release certain things. So it's not like an exogenous hormone. Although it does increase the release of human growth hormone, mm. mainly through alpha GPC. Mm. So, I mean, if you're looking for rejuvenating benefits and that kind of stuff, then you can look into that. I'm not recommending anything over this, but I'm just saying that's the research out there. Um, yeah, and I've been playing with that. That's really cool, really mm. awesome. Vitamin D, of course, is you know the cheapest supplement you could possibly buy, along mm. with creatine, and one of the most beneficial. Um, and uh, it's widely accessible. And again, creatine, I mentioned, people think about creatine for muscle gain. 
amazing, amazing nootropic, which is a brain mm-hmm. enhancer. Nootropic means brain enhancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, especially if you're vegetarian, creatine is especially important because it's found in, in meats a lot. Um, and it's also found in some, you know, meat products, but mainly in meats. Mm. So, you know, creatine five grams a day for the average person does a lot of benefit. Mm-hmm. It's really important to maintain muscle, prevent sarcopenia as you age, which is muscle loss. Just from the eating process, it increases mental performance and increases mitochondrial um, function, so mm. energy production. So that's, those are some, and creatine is also one of the cheapest products on the planet to get and mm-hmm. it's actually the most well-researched supplement in the world is creatine mm-hmm. and unless you have acute kidney failure or anything like that you're you'll probably pretty much be fine by taking it mm-hmm. yeah very very safe mm-hmm. yeah that's been uh that one i got through ben greenfield a while back mm. the whole five grams a day of creatine yeah and uh yeah it's a game changer it's a game changer have you and been trying it i've been doing it for probably a year or so now pretty consistently Pretty consistently. And I like that, yeah, it just allows you to, to feel a little bit stronger, a little bit more full. Like you're, what I understand is, is helping with um, hydration mm-hmm. on, a, on a certain level, right, in the muscle tissue. So everything's nicely hydrated, everything's nice and plump. And uh, yeah, you just feel good. Mm-hmm. Just feel good. And definitely the energy cognitive benefit, which most people don't think about. Like even now, I still talk to a few of my friends, or I'll tell them I'm taking it, and they're like, oh, isn't that like, bad for you people think it's bad for you people think you have to do all this weird cycling with it super simple yeah five games a day yeah keep mm-hmm. it simple guys mm-hmm. yeah exactly mm-hmm. okay i wonder so that's sort of more on the uh um what people might call uh, like synthetic powder side of things i wonder because mm-hmm. i know you guys study quite a bit of herbal medicine yeah right i wonder what sort of herbal uh compounds might be some of your favorites. Oh, okay. Well, I do have a favorite. Okay. okay. And it's called ashwagandha. Yes. Oh yes. my God. That if you're a CEO or you're in a high stress position or you just, yeah, you're high stress. Man, I love that. You know, it's for me, it was a game changer. Mm. Um, again, if you go to examiner.com and you look up ashwagandha, examiner.com is a really great resource for looking at unbiased research. Mm. Um, and also to know whether or not something is um, st- shown in clinical studies to do what it's said to do. Mm-hmm. You can see hundreds, well, maybe not hundreds, but dozens of benefits of ashwagandha. Mm. Very little side effects. Of course, look for the interactions to make sure that it won't interact with any medication you're taking. But yeah, wow, what a game changer it is. And it's actually one of the only supplements out there to show to directly increase power output for athletes, for athletes out there. Mm. There are not many supplements other than caffeine, creatine, and of that sort that can can attest to that. Mm. And uh, so that's that's my favorite. But essentially, ashwagandha falls into the family of adaptogens. Mm. So adaptogens work with the inherent ability of the body to um, balance itself out. So if you're overstimulated, an uh, adaptogen will help calm you down. If you're understimulated, it'll help bring you up. It reads the messages of mm. your body. And that's the power of working with nature is that it can, it, it communicates very well. There's a common language there. Mm. So with herbs, you see that a lot. It's a lot of balance. And so ashwagandha is more on the yin side. If you look at Asian medicine, okay. meaning it's very calming, right? So if you're in a stressful lifestyle, it's very calming. Mm. Um, rhodiola is a great one as well. 
Mm. It's fantastic for stress-induced fatigue. If you're tired all the time and it's because of stress or because of whatever it may be, Royal is great. Mm. You can try 100 to 250 milligrams of that a day. Mm. Um, Just 100 to 250. Yeah. I've done like minimum five. 500? Minimum 500. Mm-hmm. Feels good. Yeah, it I does. Like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I imagine, especially if you have a really good source, that's the other thing with all this, right? There's there's degrees of quality. Yeah. Um, which isn't so easy to find many times. And I don't know if the Rodeo in particular is available, but uh, Labdoor can be a good resource for consumers. Do you know about Labdoor? I don't, know. Yeah, so Labdoor is an online database okay. that uh, essentially has, uh, pull it up right here, essentially has all these different categories of supplements. And so let's see here. Let's click on, well, let's see, first of all, if they have rhodiola. They've got creatine, they've got fish oil, they've got vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Again, fish stuff. oil is great. Yeah, okay. So they don't have rhodiola on Labdoor. Okay. But they do have, you know, they got creatine, BCAAs. So let's do fish oil. So you click on it. And these are independent tests, right, that they've done. And so they compare. So they give them a letter rating. So we got the A's, the A minuses. We click on one of these and it breaks down for you um, the how close it is actually to the label. Yeah, so we got label accuracy, product purity, wow. nutritional value, safety, and then the potential efficacy. So they test things for things like mercury, make sure your fish oil doesn't have mercury. That's very important. Very, yeah, very, very useful resource. Um, a great test to do with fish oil too is just to bite into it if it's a capsule. Mm. It should not taste fishy. It should taste like oil. If mm. it tastes fishy, throw it out. It's rancid. Mm. Thank you for showing me that resource, labdoor.com. Yeah, Fantastic. And this will all be linked up in the show notes. Beautiful. Um, if you combine that very synergistically with examine.com, look at you know what ingre- what kind of things you want and then look at what are the good products out there that have that. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. There's tons of good resources. And I wanted to pull up here um, about ashwagandha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the name ashwagandha, this is just a little you know, fun tidbit, is from the Sanskrit language and is a combination of the word ashva, meaning horse, and ganda, meaning smell. <laughs> it has a strong aroma that is described as horse-like. Indian ginseng, it also goes by. Yes. Right? So a lot of people have heard of ginseng. Yeah. Ashwagandha, maybe not so much, but... That's my go-to as well. Like each night before bed, I do mine before bed. Mm-hmm. I find that helps really well for just restorative sleep and just waking up feeling good. Oh, it's phenomenal. Um, yeah, so, so good. So, so good. And very, very little side effects, if any. Yeah, the only things I've really seen are people that have potential autoimmunity going on. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's a nightshade or it's a nightshade family in some relation. Yeah, you want to watch out for some of that. And uh, you want to watch out for... Um, because it does it does influence the immune system, right? Mm. So they do use it in conjunction with chemotherapy sometimes, because mm. it does it does influence and help the immune system. Okay. So if you do have autoimmune conditions, you want to watch out for that, mm. right? Again, it's it's all the research is out there on examine.com and actually goes through that with you. Do you use autoimmune diseases? How much would you use and stuff like that? The mm-hmm. research. So, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Going, everything carries its own risks with it. So make sure you do your, your research first, but that's a that's great. That's a pretty great herb. 
Yeah, yeah. And so if we could pull back a little bit too, so we got that, I got from um, what we talked about earlier that you got you do the coffee with coconut oil, mm-hmm. followed by... I also put vanilla extract in the coffee. Vanilla extract. that in research shows to increase mental function. Mm. And it also tastes brilliant. Mm. Coconut oil plus vanilla. And uh, if for those chocolate fans out there, if you like some little bit of chocolate, a little bit of a mocha coffee, you can put cocoa powder. Mm. It's actually one of the richest source of antioxidants in our in our diet. Mm-hmm. So many polyphenols in cocoa powder. Mm-hmm. But make sure it's it's a very very dark, pure source. You don't want any sugar or anything like that, or any soy or anything. So mm. look out for that on the labels. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after that, after the uh, the morning coffee, do you have a strict routine that you follow? I love the routines. Yeah. Morning and evening, if you've got them. I'd love to dive into a little bit. Sure. Yeah, there's this huge fascination out there now with morning routines. Yeah. And I I got into it quite a bit to where my morning routine was an hour and a half. Okay. Which, so I wake up at like 6 and I wouldn't start working until around 7.38, which kind of got in my way. Mm. Um, so I would learn to condense it and kind of do the 20, the the Pareto principle, which is what 20% of the work give me 80% of the benefit. Mm. So now what I do and I find really helpful is uh, dynamic meditation when I wake up. You can go to Elliot Hulse's YouTube channel or uh, Osho mm. and look up dynamic meditation. Um, so basically it's just a series of stages of from cathartic release to, to breathing to complete stillness to dancing. Within, I do mine within a five, ten minute, ten minute period of time, and you just feel you feel really good after, mm. um, and you feel like you've got a lot done in five minutes. And then I go and I do my gratitude journal. So it's it's like it's like a five minute journal, but I didn't buy the five minute journal. I just do it on my own in mm. my own little journal, and that was a game changer for me. It just it provided so much more awareness of my day, what I'm going throughout it, what I'm grateful for. And it just shifts that mentality so well. Mm. Do you do you practice like that yourself? I don't have a five-minute journal practice or a gratitude journal practice. Mm-hmm. I begin each morning. As soon as I'm awake, I'm pretty much just deep breathing and then just speaking my gratitudes, mm. um, saying like a little prayer for the day. But there is, on the times when I have been more consistent with writing it down, it definitely triggers something that just speaking it alone doesn't. Right. Yeah. I've been meaning to get back into that. Awesome. And been resistant to buy. I love the five-minute journal. I love you, Jay. I love those guys and what they've done. Um, but I've been thinking, and then was too lazy or quote-unquote lazy to print it off myself or do it myself. But mm-hmm. it's a good reminder. It's a good reminder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, like simpl- simplicity is best. So I don't need to go out and buy the journal mm-hmm. to do it, right? You can do it at home right now. Mm-hmm. Get a piece of paper and then, you know, look up what the five-minute journal is and see if you can, you know, do that on your own, on your piece of paper. Right? Mm-hmm. And Or speak it out. You know, speaking it out is actually very powerful too. Mm-hmm. As you probably know from doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you need a pen right now. You can just actually pause this recording and do it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're in a public place, don't worry if people think you're crazy. <laughs> That's a good sign. You're actually the most sane person probably in that in that place <laughs> if you're doing that. If people look at you like you're crazy, you're on the right path. Exactly. Yeah. Amen to that. I've learned that so many times throughout my life. <laughs> at this point, when I do something crazy, they're like, he's Andrew. Of course he's doing that. Like, they don't even think twice about it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's how you lead the way. Exactly. It's how you lead the way. Yeah. 
Okay, so we got that. We got meditation. We got our good coffee. We got gratitude, journaling. Yeah. Something I recommend to my patients too is cold showers, mm-hmm. specifically hot cold showers. Yeah, contrast. Contrast showers. Amen. Those are phenomenal. And it takes a couple minutes. And a lot of people have this thing with cold water. I don't know what it is, but they just hate the feeling of cold water. Um, it's And it's actually very healing. And I'll explain the physiology a little bit if you'd like. Sure, yeah. Um, what happens is, what it does is when you expose yourself to heat, you have something called vasodilation, which just means that your arteries are dilating, right? It's just not just to get heat to the surface. Now, then when you subject yourself to cold water, cold water has a vasoconstriction aspect to it, which mm-hmm. means that it squeezes the arteries, uh, at least in the surface of the skin as well as the other places in the body but it squeezes the arteries so that they're, they're narrower. So what happens is if you do alternating, you get this pumping action, mm. open squeeze, open squeeze, which is helping to flush all the blood throughout your body. And along with that, that's the circulation component, but it also has a lot of mental benefits. It has a lot of immune benefits as well. So, you know, if a patient, you know, comes or anybody comes with pain anywhere, lack of energy, um, mental state's not where they want it to be. Mm. Give them a hot, cold shower and it'll definitely help. Or if you're just looking for, you know, increased vitality, mm-hmm. there's no simpler way to do it than with water. It's, it's cheap mm-hmm. and it's kind of effective and it feels great. A little tip I've learned along the way is if you can't stand cold water, pump up your favorite song in the shower and just pretend like you're dancing to that song. It'll help distract your conscious mind from mm. the cold water mm. and it'll help get your energy up so you're you're kind of a you're, you're feeling the cold water you're loving it because it's giving you that energy to dance more or something like that nice. i found that helps like a lot that. i can yeah. see that yeah. i can see that and yeah and i just have this funny visual of people taking cold showers and <laughs> having a dance party in the, <laughs> in the morning oh man there's nothing more fun than dancing in the morning oh nice yes nice. okay and then so that and then the day is pretty much ready to rock um, well, I then go into, uh, I drink at least a liter of water before I touch my coffee. Mm. That's another simple shift that yeah, people yeah, can yeah. make. Make sure it's filtered water. There's so much garbage in tap water nowadays. And I don't care what people say, there is garbage in that tap water. Do not drink it. I mean, water is great, but you know, get a filter. And there's mm. a lot of filters out there. The best one's a Berkeley filter. Um, it's relatively cheap. It's a one-time payment of three or 400 bucks and you have it for life. Mm-hmm. You just got to change the filters every now and then. Um, even a Brita or an alkaline water filter from Whole Foods is 60 bucks. And you replace that every once, every three months. Mm-hmm. Get a filter there, but essentially get um, a liter of water first thing in the morning is what I like to do. And I put some lemon water, cayenne pepper, and not lemon water, some lemon juice. Lemon juice. I squeeze a lemon in there. Uh, cayenne pepper and apple cider vinegar mm. and it helps to stimulate digestion through the apple cider vinegar the uh, cayenne pepper helps dilate your arteries it also mm. converts white fat into brown fat mm. yeah. Okay. yeah that's a cool topic and uh, the lemon acts as vitamin c so it helps to flush the liver detoxify the liver and it also activates um, something called the uh, Oh man, I forget my words here. But anyways, I forgot what the word was, but it activates a mechanism in your body that allows you to have a bowel movement first thing in the morning. Peristalsis? Yeah, so it's a form of peristalsis. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's the vitamin C. 
No, that yeah, that with the the lemon water. Lemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So you know, and going to the bathroom is extremely important. So if you're constipated, get that checked out because that's the main elimination route for your body to get toxins out. Mm-hmm. And your body will recycle those toxins over and over again if you're not eliminating properly. So that's important. Mm-hmm. So those those three things congruently, synergistically act as a great way to start your morning with the water that's mm-hmm. filtered. Then I go to my organic coffee. Um, coffee is one of the heaviest sprayed plants in the world. Mm. And so if you're not getting organic, you're basically brewing a pot of pesticides. Mm. It's not a fun visual. No good. Mm-hmm. No, not good. No bueno. Mm. Um, so get it organic. Coffee is also extremely r- rich in antioxidants, mm-hmm. just like cocoa. Polyphenols in there are ridiculous. So I'm, I'm never against coffee, but using it in moderation, of course. It shouldn't. You shouldn't rely on it to feel good, but you can use it to feel better mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, I like that. Um, and then I go on with my day. And then I start my day. I go into my little office space or I go to clinic, whatever it may be, what day it is. And uh, I look at what I have to do for that day. Sometimes I visualize myself doing everything. If I see it's going to be a little tough, I visualize myself doing it with pleasure. Mm. And that, that changes my mindset. And... Uh, yeah, that's that's basically my morning routine. Nice. Yeah. Pretty solid. Yeah. Very solid. That's good. Yeah. I'm curious, the cayenne pepper, and I wonder if this is this uh is there research we could link to the white fat to brown fat conversion of cayenne pepper? Yeah. So the resource that I used that I found that out through is called The Disease Delusion. A phenomenal book, but not only for people, but for doctors too. It's written by um, the founder of functional medicine. Mm. Yeah. The, okay. uh, what was his name? I never remember his name. And it's such a simple name too. Let's look Let's look it up. Yeah. Bland? Jeffrey Bland. Bland. Yes. Okay. So Jeffrey Bland is the founder of functional medicine. Um, and he wrote this book to help physicians kind of getting a little bit of a understanding or a huge understanding mm. of functional medicine and how we can change our lives and empower ourselves just with nutrition um, and some basic supplementation. Mm. So I learned about the conversion of brown fat and white fat through that book. So that's a great resource for people to go on mm. um, and find it there. And so essentially what happens is we have brown fat and the primary storage spaces for the brown fat are in our upper back, uh, our collarbone, and our sternum. And so what happens is when, for example, the cold water also helps convert white fat into brown fat, mm-hmm. right? And actually cold water helps to stimulate the brown fat. So what brown fat does is it, it's the energy producing, it's the heat producing part of our body, mm-hmm. right? It's the part that we know fat's important. It's because of the brown fat, it's producing heat, mm-hmm. right? So what it does is convert calories into heat. So what it what happens is when you convert more white fat to brown fat is that you're increasing the amount of brown fat that's there and therefore you're increasing the amount of heat that you're generating, which burns more calories. So mm-hmm. it's a great way for fat loss as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more white fat that you can convert to brown fat, the better. And there's certain foods out there like cayenne pepper that help to do that. Mm-hmm. As well as, you know, the one of the best ways to do that is too is cold showers mm-hmm. or cold exposure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's how that's how I knew about it was through the cold. But I didn't realize cayenne pepper did it. It's not the only so food too. Stack them on. Yeah, there's other food. Stack too. these on yeah. top of each other. Exactly. Well, that's what I love too because people. It's like the days of needing to struggle to maintain a healthy weight, whatever that is for that individual. They're quickly, you know, leaving. They're quickly disappearing. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you're empowered and you just know a few little tricks. Um, it can be effortless, you know, relatively effortless. Like you don't have to struggle to maintain your weight. Like I have, to, I have the opposite struggle, and it's my metabolism and it's my lifestyle. But in order to gain weight, I have to eat like a crazy person, you mm -hmm. know, which is not really sustainable and and another level. But I just feel for those that are walking around with all of this stored energy, right, in the form of fat, mm -hmm. and they just don't know. They're just uh, ignorant to. The, the 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 elegant and simple and oftentimes free solutions that are out there. Definitely. You bring up a really good point there. They're carrying a lot of energy, yet they're feeling tired. Isn't that interesting? Mm. Fat is extremely dense form of energy. Mm. So technically, you know, we, we store fat so we can have energy later. But something goes wrong in the body that we can't access that fat. We can't burn it. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we don't get the energy from it. So, you know, a lot of people think calories in, calories out is the key. Mm. Oh, it's important. And it's definitely a law of thermodynamics. We know that. But there's a lot of things, obstacles in most people's ways that are for preventing their bodies. So, you know, this is where you would want to go to a practitioner sometimes or do some of your own research and find out what's, what's blocking that. It could be heavy metal exposure. It could be, you know, bacterial or parasitical parasite infe infection. Mm. It could be not reacting well to some of the foods you eat, mm. you know, so many different things. But, you know, if you live a healthy lifestyle, abide by the principles of nature, most of those things will take care of themselves. And mm. then after that, you might have a little bit of work to do with a practitioner of some sort to take care of the rest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. It's just, it's just, I just wanted to put that plug in there. You brought up a lot of mm -hmm. energy and tiredness. So, Well, that's like the main complaint you hear from a lot of people, right? And a lot of clients that I see are just people in general that complaining are always tired, always tired, always tired. I mean, sleep is huge and people aren't sleeping properly and that's a whole other podcast. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's like, it doesn't need to be that way, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be that way. And for me, that's that was really my uh, main motivators to get into health. After my own health crisis, getting very ill halfway through my first year of university, uh, it was recognizing all of the suffering that I put myself through and that I had seen some family members go through that was completely preventable, you know, pretty much. I mean, there's always a chance something goes on, but so much of this suffering is preventable and it's draining the vitality of humanity to be subject to this suffering. And so it's like, okay, if I can figure out for myself some ways to raise around this, conquer my own suffering, you know, get myself back on the path to health and share that. It's like, let's, yeah, like we just need to raise everybody up because yeah. we need everybody online. I feel like if we're going to create this amazing future that we're potentially moving towards, we need more and more people online, energized, feeling good, thinking clear. So they're going to be able to fulfill their part of the mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Another thing that I wanted to ask you about before I forget is this project of yours, the Alphapreneur mm. Project mm -hmm. magazine. 
I think podcast, all the all the above. Yeah, that you've got going on. I, I mean, the name on its own. Some people might be a little turned <laughs> off, like alphapreneur. What is that? Some macho whatever. <laughs> um, but I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, sure. Thank you for asking me about that. Um, it's been a project that myself and uh, my business partner Pierre Biani um, have been working on for the past six months, and essentially. Uh, we came together with the vision of health, fitness, mindset. Those have to be in place for us to fully fulfill our, our purpose in life. Mm. So what we wanted to create was a delivery system that's interactive, engaging, and widely accessible by a population that's in most need, not as entrepreneurs. Mm. You know, it's important to have passion, but we can't forget the other side of it. We have to take care of ourselves. Mm. You know, as Elliot Hall says, the strongest version of ourselves. To do great work, we first need to take care of ourselves and then take care of others. Mm. So that's that's basically the vision that we have is reaching entrepreneurs around the world with a, a digital magazine is a platform we chose to use because mm. it's, it's uh, very engaging, interactive, um, fun, but also very, very educational. Um, so what we do is we go out and we find the icons in these different industries, the people who are living their their message. Mm-hmm. So that's what would be in health. Um, so like Elliot Hulse, for example. Uh, we're trying to get Dr. Mark Hyman on there. Mm. Um, so for fitness, uh, Mr. Universe Natural is on the uh, the first issue. Mm. Ian Wallen, Mr. Universe Natural, Mr. Olympia Natural. We filmed a, a virtual reality workout with him. And we're integrating that into the magazine. So mm. we're using kind of cutting edge technology now to like facilitate the user experience. Mm. So we asked him to design a, a workout exclusively for our entrepreneurs based on what he sees goes on with their body dynamics. Cause he's more into functional movement patterns as well as getting a lot of muscle. Mm-hmm. So he kind of designed a routine of 10 exercises to put the body back in alignment, but also help it grow in terms of muscular strength. Mm. Yeah, so then there's that. Um, and I do a piece, every article, uh, a video on how to kind of life hack on how to easily attain fitness or mindset or um, health goals and how it's relevant to entrepreneurs. So how they can tap into very easy ways of doing that mm. so that they're not spending 10 hours a week on it, but rather getting the benefit from a half hour a day kind mm. of thing, right? So basically, we, we just put a bunch of these different icons in these different areas into each magazine issue. And we send it out through a digital magazine so that entrepreneurs can have access to it at a very low cost. We distill all the information. Um, we, we accumulate, distill, so that all they have to do is read and implement. They don't mm. have to think twice about the source. And because they, they all have social credibility, right? I mean, um, Elliot Hall says almost 2 million followers on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mark Hyman is one of the founders of godfathers of functional medicine nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can kind of trust in, in the reliability of these guys. And that's what we want to do is to offer a safe place for people to go to mm. within a half an hour or 20 minutes of reading the, the magazine and be able to implement it right away. Mm. You know, so that that's kind of the essence of Alphapreneur. Alpha is not meant, Alpha is not meant to be this macho kind of thing. What our vision of Alpha is, is someone who's complete and balanced. Mm. Mentally, spiritually, physically, and entrepreneurially, right? I, so we also interview some of the big guys and entrepreneurs, 
right? So we're, we're looking at getting multimillionaires and billionaires on, on the magazine issues because, mm. again, following your passion is important and reaching a lot of people is important. And so we want people to learn on how to do that as well. So we do do entrepreneurship as well. It's a big part of the magazine. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So thank you for asking about entrepreneur. I mean, that's that's yeah. the essence of it. Well, I'm excited to see this thing. And, yeah. And I don't even know uh, a virtual reality workout. Does that mean you can put on like a VR headset and? Yes. <laughs> exactly. <Okay. laughs> that's, yeah. Virtual reality is something I've experienced once. It was pretty trippy. <laughs> and I know it's going to become a part of everyday life. It already is for some people. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's going to be a game changer. It mm -hmm. is a game changer. So yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. That yeah. Would be really cool. We're, we're uh, working on that. That's our, we're kind of piloting it for our mm. first issue. So our first issue will come, be coming out in November. Okay. So, you know, if, if people want to look out for that, the website's called alphapreneurmag.com. Um, and we're looking forward to seeing how the VR thing turns out. Mm. Yeah. Um, even if you don't put the headset on and you have, you know, like your iPhone and you can kind of just drag your finger across the screen if you want to look around in a 360 view yeah you can do that too okay so we had elliot we had um, ian walling kind of move from one position to another to another so that you can kind of follow him along mm. in his journey of the 10 exercises and see all the different angles from which his body his body is moving mm. so yeah it, that one's all about structure and form too so they can get a great understanding very quickly about how to properly work out and structure your body Nice. Well, that's huge because I'm realizing more and more posture is like everything. Um, and it yeah, it changes your mind. It changes how you feel. It changes your confidence. It empowers your energy. And so making sure when we're doing these strengthening, you know, exercises that we're doing so to reinforce a strong, solid posture, right? Mm. I know for myself, the beginning of my, you know, fitness journey was a lot of terrible form, and not warming up, not cooling down, and I essentially gave myself injuries or, or reinforced poor patterns, mm. right? So that my last couple of years have been like undoing that. Mm -hmm. It's like getting away from the weights and doing more like gymnastics style training and mobility training. And if I would have had an awesome resource like this <laughs> back in high school, you know, before the era of digital magazines, to quickly go, oh, that's how this guy's doing it, and follow along, that would have been helpful. So I imagine this is going to be helpful for a lot of, you know, a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important, dude. Yeah. Mm. And uh, you're working through that too, the mobility thing, right? I mean, mm. that's, that's important. It's not, it's not only about building muscle, right? Muscle is used to move. If we can't move properly, then what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, looking at your vision board upstairs, I saw that upside down handstand. I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> this guy's going to be doing upside down handstand soon. I want, I want to learn how to do that. Yeah. Pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I mean, for, for myself, I found that bodyweight training has become my, my favorite way to train mm. just because it's endlessly uh, adaptable and like the progressions never really end as mm -hmm. long as you're, you know, training smart and recovering and all that sort of stuff. And the injury risk is way less than trying to throw more and more weight onto a bar. Um, and it's just fun. Mm. It's just fun. Like I don't like even the word workout it's like, why does it got to be work? Like, it's work. Like, you're, you're definitely giving, you know, work. You're putting out power and expanding yeah. yourself. But I want it to be play. I want to play in the gym. I want to have fun. I want to just move. Right? I want to feel like, a, I want to feel like fluid and strong and capable in my movements rather than just, oh, I want to build 
big arms and chest, as, as, as is the case for so many of us when we start our journey, which is fine, right? That's totally cool. Um, yeah, but like you said, I mean, that's, I love that. I love that message. It's, it's fun. It's not work. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It is work, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. And when you do it with your own body, it's kind of like you realize what you're capable of. And you have this kind of internal, you tell me if I'm right, you do a lot of body work. You've this internal, better internal understanding of what your body is doing and what it, need, what it needs. Mm. Do you feel that or? Yeah, I think it definitely, along with, and I mean, I've been practicing yoga for about six years. So all these different things where it's just you, your body, your mind, your breath. Um, yeah, it brings a level of awareness into the picture mm-hmm. that I didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, super, super useful. Um, that's that's a really key point too, is the awareness aspect of working out. Mm. You know, I, I've been training working out since I was 13, so I'm over a decade now. And I, I was so blessed to have such a great mentor when I first started. Mm. Um, so he really put the emphasis on mind-body connection. Mm. So when I go into a workout, I don't think anymore about how much weight I'm going to lift. I used to do that. Now mm. that's a rookie mistake. What you should focus on is how do I contract my muscles harder than the last workout? Mm. Because if you do that, you'll be able to lift more weight in anyways because you're focused on your mechanics and you're focused on your body. And when you have that mind-muscle connection, it's not only a connection that's being formed, you're releasing tons of human growth hormone. You're releasing tons more of testosterone. Mm. You feel different and the feeling comes from those hormonal releases, right? So it's, there's a lot of physiological benefits, spiritual benefits too. It's a form of meditation, right? Because you're focusing on your breath. You're focusing on your muscles. Mm-hmm. So working out could be this huge beneficial thing. And it's not just about moving poundage, right? Because the end road to that is injury. Mm-hmm. The end road to mind-body connection and being aware of your body when you're working out. And you can lift heavy weights, sure. You want to grow muscle, sure. Um, you want to increase your power, sure. But first, come from a place of awareness of your body, moving those weights through proper form. Mm-hmm. You'll get more results in every single way possible. But you'll also get that meditative aspect to it. Mm. You'll then you'll also establish that that capacity to push harder through your barriers, through your plateaus, because you're more in tune with your body. So I love that you brought that up. The awareness aspect is so important for people who are working out right now and who are kind of following bro science mm-hmm. to uh to understand mm-hmm. yeah yeah and to me it's like the journey into the body is so fascinating and uh seemingly never-ending it's like right when i think okay i've figured fixed this issue that's like oh no there's something over here um and i mean especially if you can identify with being sort of like a rough and tumble, I was I was, I was described as being a rough and tumble kid, <laughs> right? So I was skateboarding, I was doing parkour, I was throwing myself off of walls and trees, and amazing, just, just breaking my body. Really, yeah. I mean, not, not not the best approach, but when you're a kid, you can bounce back. Um, but because of a few of those injuries, I had shut down complete areas of my body, like through, through my hips and my glutes, completely shut down, like asleep essentially. Mm-hmm different parts of my back completely shut down, different parts of my shoulder shut down. So bringing the real focused awareness into the picture, um, sometimes with the help of cannabis, I can Mm. find it can bring me into my body really well. Okay. Especially if I'm doing soft tissue work, 
like uh, foam rolling or just massage ball work. Yeah. Um, that brings an even deeper level of, of mindfulness to the experience. Um, but uh, waking up these different parts of the body and being like, oh my God, that's been sleeping for how long? And like, yeah. you just get used to it, right? It's like a, our bodies are so resilient, um, which is a blessing and a curse because we normalize pain and uh, dysfunction very easily, right? Mm -hmm. What What's painful today quickly becomes nothing in a week or two. Yeah, right? that, that's so key. Pain is not a byproduct of living. Mm. It, shouldn't, it shouldn't have to be. Mm -hmm. Pain is not normal, right? So we see all these commercials out there. We have the media tells us, you know, if it's your fear of pain, it's okay. You just take an Advil. You're just getting old. You're just getting old. Yeah. Bullshit. My dad is is 65 and he can probably, he can do, you know, 15 pull-ups. He can, he can do more things with his body than I've seen most people my age be able to do. Mm -hmm. Age is not an excuse. And I have so many examples of that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the age is, age is not a reason for pain. Age is a reason for increasing vitality mm -hmm. because it increases wisdom. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know that your you your death should not be you in a hospital. The last 10 years, your death should be you falling asleep and not waking up. Mm. That should be the death. That should that's how we used to die. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, there was saber tooth tigers back then. Or the day, disease right? and things. Or disease. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the optimal people, if you go to something called blue zones, mm -hmm. you see that so often. Blue zones are areas in the world where the most centenarians, which are people who live under 100, over 100, mm -hmm. most of those people die in their sleep, right? They just don't wake up painless, mm -hmm. right? Um, or they die during sex also. It's a great way to great go. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> they, and actually in French, an orgasm is called the petite mort. Yeah, the little the, death. Little death. Yeah. Yeah. And a little escape. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's the great escape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if that's how you go out, all the power to you. All the power to you. Power to you. Um, yeah, for sure. So bringing that awareness to uh, age, not being a reason for pain is so important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one thing, one little resource I'll put in the show notes and just mention, have you heard of Neuromass? Neuromass. Neuromass. I haven't. Really cool. Yeah. So this is another Ben Greenfield uh, little insight that I got. It's essentially how to build strength and um, and muscle mass with body weight and a little bit of kettlebell exercises, right? And so you're again removing the injury uh, aspect of heavy, heavy weights. And oh, it's fantastic. I'll include a link to this, and I can send you the link if you want to check it out. Amazing. Phenomenal book, and I've I've been practicing sort of their routines, um, which are essentially it's a it's like a three in one set, right? So the first is really slow, really focused movement, whether that's a pull up, whether that's a push up, whatever it is. The next, you go, I think you go straight from that to the next one where it's maximum power and speed, mm -hmm. and then from the next, and then the last one is isometrics. Mm. And you just hold it until you're literally like shaking. Mm. And that's one neuro set or whatever you would say. And man, it you can fatigue yourself in like minutes. Wow. And it seems to have a good, like you said, because I hadn't clued into the hormonal uh, effect of when you get maximal contraction, mm -hmm. right? And so you're giving yourself this nice boost, testosterone of growth hormone um, without, you know, spending a ton of time in the gym. And without having the, the injury risk. And the other thing that about body weight that I want to mention, why I love it so much is that it removes all excuses, 
right? People say, oh, I don't have time to go to the gym. Oh, I don't have money for a membership. Oh, I don't want to buy all this equipment. You don't need any of that shit. All you need is the focus and ideally some good instruction. Um, and that's it. Your body, your breath, your, that, that's anywhere in the world you are, you can exercise, you can be fit, you can work out. Mm-hmm. You can get an insane workout if you're willing to push yourself. Um, so I just invite people to, to, to let that be, again, with breaking down the whole workout paradigm. It's like I have to go to the gym to work out which a lot of the times you see people in there and they're like a hamster on a wheel. They're just like watching the news like a zombie and like doing their cardio oh, machines. Oh, it's horrible. So that does, that's not fun. No. Right? That's not fun. That's don't, not don't healing. Don't torture yourself like that. Yeah. It's, that's inflammation. Yeah. You're going to the gym to increase inflammation when you do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So get outside. That's the other reason why I love it. So you can be in like a forest, right? You can be in a nice, beautiful, natural setting yeah. and train out there. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, something think, something to add to that yeah. just before we move on yeah. is uh, have you heard of German New Medicine? Yes, yes, we did a module on that in, uh, in IHN. Awesome. Yeah. Do you mind going into that a little bit? Yeah. So I mean, I can sort of kick it off, and you can you can you can fill it in. So my understanding of it is that there was this doctor in Germany. I forget his name. Do you know his name? No, I don't know his name. But he started to see. Uh, correlations between people having traumatic events in their lives, emotionally traumatic events, and cancer, right? Mm-hmm. And so he started started to think, oh, maybe these emotional traumas are the trigger for these cancers. Um, it seems to make a lot of sense, right? Especially if it's an unprocessed trauma, which if you're growing up in the modern Western world, you probably have a lot of just by nature of, you know, the way we're raised and the unconsciousness around some of the stuff that we do to kids and how we raise kids and the lack of, you know, that tribal community setting where you'd be supported to deal with grief, the loss of a loved one, whatever it was, you were supported. There was a, there was a system to handle that stuff because they recognized human beings are meant to experience and let go, right? Mm-hmm. If we carry that stuff around, that's, that becomes a cancer. Um, So that was my understanding as he started seeing these correlations and then recognizing if we can address things on that level, maybe we can do something against these cancers. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I love it so much. That's great. Yeah. Anything you want to add to that or is it? Uh, That's, that's one perspective. And then that's amazing. Um, the other the other perspective that I was familiar with, and I'm not familiar with German mm. medicine that much. I was just introduced to it a yeah, little bit ago. It's just fascinating. Um, I was introduced for, introduced to it first by my, my mentor, Mister Universe Natural, uh, Ian Walling. Mm. He's a big proponent of it, and then just recently by uh, by Selena Moon, she was telling mm. me about it as well. And um, essentially. It, I was learning more about how the physical manifestations in our bodies in terms of muscles and how muscle pain in a certain area of our body can be correlated to some kind of emotion or traumatic Mm. event, right? So a lot of the times when people are getting something worked on, they experience these emotions, they don't know where it comes from. Mm. I think just as fat is a storage, is something that we store, so are emotions Mm. just as as much. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for us to conceptualize because we're so focused on tangible things where let's say it's there's no duality there it's just this is a table there's not energy Mm -hmm. really it is energy but essentially 
because we can't see emotions as things, we, we just disregard them and saying they're actually still there when we're not feeling them. Mm. So I just found that fascinating. For example, if your lower back's hurting, that's telling you a message about your anxiety, some kind of emotion that you may be feeling. Or if, you're, if your knee is hurting, that's another thing that may be a traumatic event. And I studied Asian medicine as a part of Chinese medicine, Asian medicine as a part of my program. Mm -hmm. And they have, every, have different emotions for every organ system. Mm. So for your example, lung is sadness. So they would look at if someone has a lot of lung issues, they look at the emotional component too. So coughing, um, bronchitis, something like that, they look at how sad experience that they, pay, that they might have had in the past mm -hmm. that they didn't get over as an example. So mm -hmm. I'm just also fascinated. That's just as a new level of human complexity to the picture. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I love the Eastern systems. And that's why I love the fusion mm -hmm. of the East and the West, because they're both powerful in their own right, right? Um, and an integrated way forward, an integrated model is really the only way forward, seemingly, you know, that's going to really serve the people the best, right? And yeah, I remember studying some of that myself. And it's like, yeah, the liver is the seat of anger. And you got like mm -hmm. sadness and grief in the lungs and all these things that when you really think about it and you open your mind to it, it makes a lot of sense. It makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't make a lot of dollars, which is why yeah. it's not talked about. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, the, that's the unfortunate <laughs> side, right? That's yeah. the, the wrong incentives that have been keeping our system going. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But those are changing too. Yeah. Those are changing too. In due time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A couple more things I would love to. And do you have a, do you have to run from here? Or? No, I'm good. Okay, okay, yeah. cool. Um, a couple other things I wanted to ask about, because this doesn't get nearly as much play, is the evening routine. Okay. The winding down, right? right. Getting ready for good sleep. Do you have any practices around that you could share or things that work for you or... Yeah, for sure. A lot of what I know, actually, I learned from Dr. Patel, Sasha mm. Patel. So I can definitely share some of those as well as my own insights with that. Uh, so actually, your morning, your your nighttime routine should start in the morning. And what I mean by that is you should get first sun exposure in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then again at 12 p.m. Now, people are like, well, I'm going to sleep at night. What do I have to worry about going in the sun in the afternoon? Great question. The reason is because when you go out in the sun um, mid-afternoon, your body gets exposed to sunlight, which your skin too, and it's your skin and your eyes send mm -hmm. a message to your brain saying there's sun out. That produces serotonin. So serotonin mm -hmm. is that good feeling molecule, right? It makes us feel good. So not only do we get an immediate boost in energy and feeling good in the day, mm -hmm. but then we also have serotonin which converts into melatonin at night. So that that's a hormone um, will help us sleep mm -hmm. throughout the night better. So that's that's important to start with. And then the opposite of that is before bed, do not get exposed to light as less as possible. Mm -hmm. And I know you have your your glasses, right? Your, what are they called? The blue blockers. Blue blockers. Yeah. And they can go order those from amazon.ca uh, when they need to, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and for, for a less costly price, mm -hmm. um, so less than 20 bucks, less than 20 bucks for sure. Mm -hmm. So then the other thing with that is, um, have a morning, have a nighttime routine, do whatever you need to do, but make it a routine because it helps get your body ready for bed. Mm. So what I found really, really helpful is meditation. Um, just a little bit of body, body breathing and then gratitude journaling. Mm. Um, and just giving my permission to settle down. 
something that Tim Ferriss uses is uh, reading nonfiction books. And uh, sorry, no, no, fiction books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He does fiction books. And so um, that also, he says, is a great way if you have insomnia or whatever. I don't do that. I read so much in the day. I just prefer to go inside my body when it's time to relax. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great way of doing that as well. Mm. Um, yeah, just, and you know, great sleep just comes from understanding the principles that govern cortisol and melatonin. So just do the things that don't promote cortisol. So don't check your emails at night. Don't stress out. Don't have stressful conversations. Don't focus on anything negative at night Mm. and increase melatonin. And that just means decrease sun light exposure, increase a relaxing environment, that parasympathetic environment. Mm. What I tell a lot of my patients to do is do a Epsom salt bath. Mm. Extremely yeah. relaxing. But not only that, because of the, the magnesium and the Epsom salt gets absorbed into the body, which relaxes the muscles in the mind. Mm-hmm. But you give yourself to have permission to treat yourself for 10 minutes a day. And a lot of people don't have 10 minutes a day that they give to themselves. Mm. So that's... That's a huge thing people can do if they need, if they need something that's very structured, and then you can have your your candle lights. Again, get like beeswax candles. Don't get those other candles. They have so much petroleum and toxins in them. Mm-hmm. Get really nice beeswax candles. They have a lot of negative ions, mm-hmm. which are really good for energy. Um, it's low candlelight, and you know, have a, if you want to put your book beside you, just meditate, breathe, whatever you need to do there. Um, and don't eat any sugar or any, uh, anything that's going to keep you awake at night before you go to bed. Mm. So any coffee, any alcohol, alcohol is really bad for sleep. A lot of people drink alcohol before they go to sleep, like a glass of wine with dinner, Mm. bad idea. Mm. Even with dinner, it's not, it's going to interfere with sleep. Mm -hmm. So I'd recommend to stay away from any alcohol on a, on a daily basis. If you're going to have your wine or beer or whatever you want during the week as a mm-hmm. celebration, as a social outing, go ahead for sure. Mm-hmm. But just don't go and have it with the assumption that it's going to help you sleep. It's going to interfere with deep sleep. Well, that's one of the things that tricks people, right? Is because it's a depressant. It can help with getting to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it prevents you from getting into the really restorative stages of sleep. So the net is a loss. It's a net loss. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, drink some tea. Drink some chamomile tea, some peppermint tea, something that's relaxing and soothing. Mm. Um, just don't do the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And actually, I want to touch on that a little bit. Uh, a lot of people drink alcohol with their dinner. And they go mm. to a restaurant and they order a glass of wine before they eat their meals. Now, this is actually a marketing tactic by these restaurant companies to serve you wine before your meals. Mm. Because wine is very high in sugar. So when you drink the wine, your blood sugar goes up really high. And then the insulin is released to bring that blood sugar down really low, mm. making you hungrier, perceiving that you're hungrier. So then mm. they'll come ask you, they'll first ask you, what do you want to drink? Oh, I want some wine or some beer. Can I get you an appetizer? Yeah. Then can I get you an appetizer? And they're really trying to build up your hunger for the main meal. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's less of a tradition associated with culture than it is a tradition associated with trying to get more money. Yeah, commerce. Commerce. Yeah. Exactly. So not only does that happen, but the alcohol actually blocks your body from ability to absorb a lot of the nutrients. Right? So if you're going out for a healthy meal, uh uh-uh, nada. Mm -hmm. You won't get it. 
alcohol will block it. Mm. It also uses up a lot of nutrients to be able to uh, to process the alcohol. Mm. Double whammy. So I'm just I'm not saying don't drink wine. I'm just saying be aware of the consequences and be aware of what's out there and uh, make a conscious choice to do so because you choose to and not because society's norms are that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have I had heard for those that are, you know, unwilling to not have their daily glass of whatever, of course, go with the low sugar option, ideally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we got to experience the, the dry farms wine on our trip, which is a keto friendly wine that's mm-hmm. been fully fermented, but also from grapes that are lower sugar. So it's a lower percentage alcohol in, the, in total and no additives whatsoever. Everything organic, if not biodynamically grown. Amazing. So that's like, I mean, that's, you could argue is kind of like medicine with the right dose. Right. Um, but most people aren't drinking that sort yeah. of wine, right? Um, but even with that, the argument I had heard or the suggestion I had heard was to have it around 4 p.m., you know, 4 or 5 p.m. earlier in the day. Yeah. So it's processed out. Exactly. By the time you wanted to get to bed. For sure. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love for you to send me a link on that dry wine. That sounds beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that when I am drinking wine, I can uh, enjoy it free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, a couple other things I wanted to touch on. What is one thing that you either recently or are currently intending to let go of, to not do? Right? Mm. Instead of putting more on our to-do list, mm, yes. what are we not doing? I love a quote by uh, the founder of Apple. He said, it is not what we do that makes us great. Is what we not is what we don't do. Mm. Uh, as a society, we're burdened with having to feel that we need to do things to meet other people's expectations in order to feel worthy. Mm. So I love that question. Thank you. So are you are you looking more of a habit, a thought pattern, or a... anything? Yeah, whatever comes up. See, this is just me not being able to think of it. Is how much attention that needs to be put towards it, but isn't, mm. you know? Um, recently, I've been just focusing on so much that I need to do, mm. right? Um, something that I'm, I'm letting go of, or that I'm in the process of letting go of is the ability to know for certain before I do something. Mm. That That is so important. Um, usually, I, in the past, I needed to logic something through. You know, I had the intuition, but if I, it, I'd waste a lot of time and I'd fight with myself a little bit about it before I actually did it. Mm. Now what I'm letting go of is having to know the outcome before going on the journey. Mm. And I'd been doing that for a little while and it's so powerful mm-hmm. because a journey always ends up being amazing mm. when I don't have to worry about the logical component of it. That's actually... What got me started in naturopathic medical school was letting go of the mental construct of people, you know, people's opinions of what that might look like. Um, and now it's, you know, evolving into a lot more, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's that. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm right there with you. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I came to it through um, the books of Michael Singer. 
Right, so he has a book called The Surrender Experiment. Wow, that's so crazy how the, the universe works. Somebody just mentioned to that book, <laughs> I think it was two days ago to me for the first time. Please go yeah, on. Yeah, fantastic book. It's all about that. It's all about uh, trusting that what wants to come through you is good and is going to serve you and is going to serve the world, essentially, um, better than any way that we can comprehend or that we can plan or that we can manipulate. And so it's about just being super present with your life and showing up fully for what's in front of you and, and letting go of the outcome, letting go of the thoughts, letting go of yourself in that situation. So you can just be that clearer channel, essentially, to let what wants to come through, come through. And the amount of freedom that that can catalyze, similar to what you're saying, right? To be able to let go of that, that chatter that's just so persistent and so can be so draining, right? Um, to be able to let go of that and sort of calm the mind, you know, as in the Eastern, they would say, you know, cool mind, warm belly mm -hmm. for health. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And so, awesome. so whereas a lot of us are running around with a hot head and a cold belly, mm -hmm. right? We're always in our heads and we're not digesting anything. Um, you let that go and just bring in that peace, bring in that freedom. And so that book for me, was really, really drove home that lesson. And since then, it's been something that I'm just constantly going back to, constantly going back to. And I'll give you an example of how I'm in it right now. Please. Right? So um, just got back from three weeks in California. And uh, that trip definitely took a hit on the finances. And the next day, the day after I got back, I, went, I was working in this uh, digestive health clinic. I'd only been there about a month or so uh, before I left for my trip. And so still, you know, feeling it out and even going into it, if, I, if I'm completely honest, I knew there wasn't a real alignment, a real fit, but I thought, hey, it's a job, I'll get some good experience, you know, I'll do it, it's easy enough. And so I did, and it served its purpose. But um, that day after I got back, a few things happened at the clinic and uh, the clinic owner's corner could could sense that, that there wasn't really, that I wasn't invested in, the role that she really wanted me to be fulfilling. Um, and a few other things happened. I didn't clean, I'm not the most thorough person or the most tidy person, which were two big no-nos for that. So I left some towels not completely put away and just a few things happened. Anyways, the next day she called and says, okay, we're done. It's clear that you're not a good fit here and lets me go. And strangely for the first time, that's the first time I've ever been let go from a, from a job. But uh, it felt good in a way. I first had that reaction of like, sorry, you felt this way, da 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 da. But then it's like, you know, wish you the best, and you know that puts me in this position where I have I have a few things that I'm working on still, right? Jobs and and client work. Um, but if I were to just look at numbers and just look at logic, I might not have money for you know for to pay some expenses in the next little while. And so that was the reality, but I choose not to let that influence how I go about it. Because if I surrender to this situation, I know what's best is gonna come through. Mm. And since then, I've already had like two, three leads. And even last night, I'm talking to a guy who actually manages a wellness center who needs a holistic nutritionist. Amazing. So it's, it's, it's gonna come through as long as I just be me and continue to be of service, yeah. continue to put myself out there, like it's gonna take care of itself and the money's gonna come and everything's gonna be provided. Um, and so, yeah, learning to surrender and it's fun 
being able to talk about it as I'm in it mm-hmm. and really like, okay, it's time for to, to practice what I preach. I've been noticing that a lot lately, like for years, I over-intellectualized everything, right? And addicted to information, wanting to learn more, learn more, learn more, instead of learn some stuff and apply it and master it, um, which is where the real power comes from, right? And so I feel like, I don't know if it's just astrologically what's going on, if it's just the time that's going on, but for myself, and I think I've seen in other people I'm talking to, it's like the time is now to step up and to really live it, right? And so it's it's fun, it's scary at times, right? Mm-hmm. It's scary at times, it's, but maybe it's not even scary, maybe it's exciting, maybe I change the words for that, right? Um, but uh, all that has to say that the surrender experiment and the practice of surrender is a game changer. So yeah, highly, highly recommend that book. Amazing, and I'm happy for you on your journey right now. Right, I mean mm. that, that's phenomenal to to have that release and then to finally understand that everything's going to be okay. Mm. Even even in the in circumstances where you you know financial circumstances where you're not you're uncertain, mm-hmm. to know everything's going to be okay despite those circumstances is when I think real growth comes from and where kind of the the falcon is born from the dust. Mm. Right, mm. I think that's that that's the moment when that happens. Mm. So I'm, I'm really happy for you, and I look forward to hearing more and more and more as you progress through this. I know you'll do great things. Yeah, thank you, brother. Yeah. Thank you. The other thing that I would love to ask is just when I say, I mean, the this podcast, right, Redefining Reality, mm-hmm. um, the intersection of wellness and business and the birth of a global tribe. When you hear Redefining Reality, what does that bring up in you? It brings me back to a, a, a life-changing book that I read. It's, a, it's called Psycho-Cybernetics mm. by um, Maxwell Maltz. Um, and it just, it goes to the fact that most, if not 98% of society is hypnotized. What we need to do is become unhypnotized. Mm. Redefining reality for me means to understand or to completely give power to my unconscious intuition. Mm. Reality is not formed in our minds. Reality is formed in our universe and consciousness. And when we go into that is when we truly experience what reality is. It's when we open our third eye which I don't know completely how to do yet. I'm working on it. Mm. But it's when we kind of open our floodgates to the unconscious and to the universal consciousness and accept the messages that come to us. And this sounds a little bit, you know, airy-fairy, but if we look at the best, most accomplished people in the world, millionaires, billionaires, game changers, a lot of them preach this way. Mm. A lot of them are where they're at because they listened to their intuition and their signs. Now, reality is not mediocre. Reality is limitless. It's Mm. boundless. If we feel we're we're leading a mediocre life, then we need to change our perspective. Mm. We need to dive in into the divine. Mm. And, And this requires some work for some people. And there are people who work with this kind of exact thing. 
And I know this message that we're talking about is going to resonate with a lot of people and it's going to hit in a spot that they that they know they have to start paying attention to. Mm-hmm. So for me, re- redefining reality goes back to stop being in my conscious thought and start surrendering to my intuition. Mm. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, we're coming up on an hour and 40. And I mean, I'm sure we could chat all day about <laughs> all sorts of stuff. But for the sake of this one, I think we'll bring it to a close. Um, but before that, I would just say that, uh, yeah, I want to thank you and acknowledge you for the path that you're on, the work that you're doing, right? The help that you're providing, the service you're providing, the example you're being of this health and of this next level entrepreneur and just that gift that that is to the world. Like that's huge. So thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I, I, and I love the work that you're doing too, man. I mean, redefining reality is essentially what this whole world needs right now. It's the medicine. So thank you for bringing that to the world. And uh, I can tell through your voice, through your gestures, that you, they can't see you right now, but you're so engaged. You're, you're so passionate about what this is in terms of your body language and your gestures and your tonality. So definitely know that you're true to this core and this passion. And I really thank you for, for being on this journey with everyone and changing those and helping to transform them uh, mm. who need it the most. My pleasure. Yeah, My great pleasure. things to come. Yes, lots more on the way. Yeah. Lots yeah. more on the way. For sure. Yeah, and that goes for you too, you future <laughs> future and fellow alphapreneurs and reality <laughs> redefiners. We're calling you out. Yeah. It's time to step up, it's time to unite, it's time to join forces, share your gifts, share your medicine, be bold, be courageous, trust in yourself, trust in your feelings, and cultivate a clear and focused mind. And uh, if we can do that, if we can practice those things, I think life is going to keep getting better. Amen. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you. And before we wrap up, last, if people want to find you online, social media, websites, we have the Alphapreneur Mag. Is there anything else you want to direct people to? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm on a friend on Facebook. Basically, a stranger just a friend I haven't met yet. So. Mm. Add me on Facebook, Andrew Kristen H, or you can follow me. I'm close, not that close, but pretty close to 5,000. So mm. I'm almost maxing out. So if that's the case, follow me. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your progress. Any questions? You can find me on Facebook as my personal account. You can find me on Health Life Mastery on Facebook. That's more of the business account mm. where I post um, daily tips, daily inspiration, and just empowerment for people to learn more about health in their own bodies mm. you can follow me on instagram health life mastery and uh put your thoughts into the unconscious and uh, send them out to the global consciousness and i'm sure i'll hear them there too and so uh yeah you just you mentioned that um there are some events happening so people that are in the local area in the gta if they want to come out they want to you know shake hands give yeah. a hug learn some stuff um, that that's happening. So give us some information about that. Yeah. So um, what I what I'm starting to do now is hold bi-weekly to weekly seminars um, on healthy lifestyle transformations. So as you know by now, I'm a naturopathic practitioner. So what my goal here with these seminars is to educate people on health uh, mindset and fitness um, through these seminars through engaging activities and through an engaging knowledge and lesson. 
So I highly encourage you, if you're interested in your local area, it's gonna be held at the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine. Um, and it's gonna be uh, very multidimensional. I highly encourage you if you wanna get a basic understanding of how to live a great lifestyle without any need for supplements or drugs. Um, I'll eventually start going on Facebook Live so that I can access a lot more people. So if you add me on Facebook and you're not in local area, you can reach me there. So I look forward to I'm starting my next one uh, next Saturday. So if people wanna come out to that, they can. Okay, and to find those dates, will that be through your Facebook? Is the easiest way to find those or is that the CCNM website? Uh, Health Life Mastery Facebook Health page. Health Life Mastery, okay. As well as my own Facebook page. Cool. They can also email me at andrewhanoon at hotmail.com. And those will be in the show notes as well. And how do you spell Hanoon? H-A-N-O-U-N. At Hotmail. I love it. Rocking the Hotmail. Yeah. Holding on classic. I am. Nice. I got a couple of Gmail accounts too, but yeah, I, yeah. And that's my primary one's my Hotmail. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. I hope to see some of y'all in the flesh come out. You know, there's something powerful about putting yourself in the actual physical space with other people, people mm -hmm. you want to learn from, people you want to help, people that are on the same journey as you, builds community, builds mm -hmm. tribe, which is what this is all about, right? Building this tribe, building this global movement of people that are invested in health and feeling good and doing good. So highly, highly recommend that you check those out. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Be well and stay beautiful, my friends. Much love. There was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord But you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this The fourth, the fifth, the minor fall The major lift, the baffled king composing Doesn't matter which you're
wasn't much I couldn't feel So I tried to touch I've told the truth I didn't come to fool you And even though 